The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 248 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek, and today we are going to have a dialogue about Russell Westbrook, where he should go, how much trade value he has, what OKC should want in return. We're going to hit all of that and more. Before we get into that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? So, Brian, it's it's going well, but we need to have a discussion. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah. So I, I've actually been asked by, by a, a Dane here the other day, so the reason Brian introduces you, I guess, a staple genius, is that because you're a Trump supporter? And <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to get that out of the way immediately. Like, I am certainly not. It, just, it, it is a very sarcastic greeting. Let's yes. just leave it at that. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say we need to have a dialogue about Russell Westbrook, and I, I agree that we do. This whole episode is going to be about that. Um, I know you have not been the biggest Westbrook fan, so we need mm. to, we need to couch the slander as much as we can here. I think we just genuinely we're going to start from the OKC side of things, and we need to look at this thing objectively. Like, how much trade value does Russell Westbrook have? is the big question we have to tackle before we can get into what team he might end up on. Right. So, so was, that, was is that the question? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the factors you have to consider are the contract value itself, mm-hmm. which is, I think, inarguably bad. You know, he's four years, about $170 million. It's a lot of money. He's going to be making mm-hmm. $47 million in the final, final year of that deal. So that's that is a negative value asset. His age is not working in his favor, but he he is still a productive player to some extent. He you know he could he's averaged a triple double the past three seasons. I know it's a round number and who really cares? But still, more before three years ago, we thought never that we'd never see that happen again after Oscar. Yeah, Robinson. it's it's historic. Absolutely, right. I agree. Yeah, he he is not a great shooter. <clears throat> So you mm-hmm. have to keep that in consideration. But otherwise, I mean, he is still an all-star caliber player. And for a team that is capped out and doesn't have a realistic pathway to another star, he's an option. So right. with all of that in mind, Mort, what do you think a realistic trade package for OKC looks like? What should they want in return for Westbrook here? Well, what they want and <clears throat> what <clears throat> what will be offered are two very different things, in my opinion. Mm. Obviously, what they want is very much immediate salary relief mm-hmm. because they're capped out. They have so much money on their books, and they and they know that trading Westbrook means going all in on a rebuild. Yep. So obviously, you don't want to go through a rebuild with just a ton of cap space just locked up. That mm-hmm. would just be illogical. Question is if they can get that. But but if I'm OKC, I'm also going to have to be realistic. I'm not calling teams and saying, hey, you know what? I, we want one of your best prospects and we want an unprotected first rounder in 2022 or whatever. Like, right. There's 
no way in hell they're going to get that because of that contract. I, I know that you mentioned, hey, let's let's you know go down on the slander. Just it's not necessarily slander. What I what why I've been harsh on Westbrook is because I see him mentioned in the same breath as Steph Curry all the time yeah. on Twitter. I see him consistently being you, even by you 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 had that whole thing. Uh, is he better? Is Damian Lillard better than Russell Westbrook? Where I was like, yeah, yeah, he is, and. Like, I think his status is the problem, really. I think people have, just have way too high an opinion of him. Like, he is obviously good. A player in the NBA who averages a triple-double three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, indisputably, that's that's good. The thing is, that doesn't mean squat to NBA teams who look at contracts, who look at age, and who look at team fit. Right Now, for Russell Westbrook specifically, his fit is always going to be questionable because he can't shoot. The contract is ghastly, and he's going to be 31 in the early part of the season. Yep. Furthermore, there's a personality issue. Not saying Russ is a bad guy, because by any stretch, and like, he's not. Everything we read about him, like he's very, very uh, contributing in, in the OKC uh, community. Like he, He's a good guy. Right. But there are some issues, because OKC, in the way that they've done it, have basically structured their entire franchise around him and his preferences and his, his way of handling things. Like, when, I don't think I've ever seen them uh, discipline him for the way that he's you know, spoken to the media, for example. Or mm-hmm. if they have, I've completely missed it. Do you remember any instance of that? I do not, no. <clears throat> right, so he's got carte blanche there, and I don't think other teams would be as, as lenient, I yeah. want to say. Uh, right. And I think that factors in in his overall trade value. Like, I get that it's off-the-court stuff, but that matters, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, also, not this isn't necessarily... As you said, he's not a bad guy. All of his teammates right. from, you know, even Paul George and Kevin Durant have come to his defense in terms of he is a good person, but his personality and demeanor on the court might leave something to be desired. You said right. he's not a great shooter, but you know he's a career thirty point eight percent three point shooter. But he continues to take a high volume of three point attempts, and just bad shots, just ill advised right. early shot clock in transition, like he's Stephen Curry, but he's not. He's very much the opposite of that. And at this point, eleven years into his NBA career, Maybe he can change. Maybe if he goes to a different system, maybe if he goes under Eric Spolestra and Pat Riley in Miami, they can hammer those out of him. But probably not, right? At this point, you almost have to assume Russ is who he is, and he's probably so set in his ways that if you're expecting a wholesale change from him in a new team, I think you need to reevaluate your expectations. Yeah. No, I mean... The, the one argument I can find against that is that he's been with OKC specifically his entire career. Sure. So going to a new situation would be such a life-changing uh, experience for him that he kind of just naturally accept the fact that it's not the same. Yeah. Whereas some journeymen like Jimmy Butler, would, because he's been on four teams in four years, will probably <laughs> expect certain things. Right. Like regardless of where he is. Right. But... That's still a long shot. Like, you don't know. That's an unknown. You don't know if Russell is going to accept going to a different team where things are handled differently. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. What you do know is, and I just said it, we do know he can't shoot. You do know that for some reason his free throw stroke, because maybe he wasn't allowed to do this, you know, his whole thing, has gone down by almost 20 percentage points in two years. Yep. You do know that his defense, which he once was lauded for and known for coming into the league, is nowadays arguably his worst attribute mm-hmm. so like what's the upside in trading for him when you look at it like okay you you know you you wrote you sent me an outline on email before we start recording where you said triple doubles equals butts in seats <laughs> right right that's basically it right like you get some name recognition and yeah. you get fans to to buy tickets but are you ultimately improving your product I don't know. I mean, obviously, it depends on what you're sending out. Right. But and you could you could obviously improve your your product, but I suspect it's only marginally. I don't think he's going to come in and be MVP, Russ. I, I mean, 
I just don't. He's, yeah. He seems so far away from that. Right. I don't think he's going to come in and be a 40% three-point shooter. I don't see him come in and see say, hey, guys, you know what? I'm just going to settle with 12 shots. I'm not going to take any pull-ups in transition anymore. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you said it well. I don't know that he makes a material difference in terms of your championship upside. I think he gives you a much higher floor. So if that's something yeah, that's that you're... If the, your owner is concerned about, we've missed the playoffs for the past five years and we just want to win 45 games and make it in into the first round and get knocked out, but at least we get a couple games of playoff revenue, then right. I think Russ makes a lot of sense in that regard. And for a couple of the teams we'll talk about today, they don't have an obvious pathway to get another star, whether because they're capped out or because they have a bunch of bloated contracts on their books already, or just because they're not a superstar free agent destination. They're they're not an L.A. or a New York. or I mean, Miami is a superstar destination, but they have a bad, bunch of bad contracts on their books. So right. for those teams, I think there is some sense in trading for him. I, I think if OKC really wants to this offseason, and it seems like they will, they can find a trade partner for him. But as you said... They're not going to get the haul they just got for Paul George. But, I mean, really, they got more for Paul George than they should have. Because the Clippers rightfully said, hey, we're not just getting Paul George. We're getting Paul George and Kawhi, so we don't care how much we give up. Right. And and I saw, I was listening to the drunk pod with Beck and Lowe and... Uh, Rachel Nichols yesterday, and they made the oh point. Oh, God, it was so good. Yeah, yeah, it really was. If you guys haven't listened to it, there's it's a two-parter. The first is on the low post. The second is on Beck's full 48. Both are excellent. Um, but they They're made the, so drunk. Yeah. They made the point that because they got so much for Paul George, they don't necessarily need to get a gigantic haul for Russell Westbrook, too. Right. Which I think was really smart. You could almost just... treat both of these trades in conjunction and just look at the full sum of what we got for both of these guys and if it's you got more for paul george than you should have and you got less than russell for russell westbrook than you wanted to that's okay because you still own basically the miami heats draft for the next four or five years and you own the clippers drafts forever so you have a very stable base of picks to go from and you have Shea Gilgis Alexander who's going to be really good Steven Adams I'm guessing will be the next one out the door after Russell Westbrook you might be able to get something for him as well so going back to what OKC should want yes ideally you get all three of cap relief picks and prospects Mm -hmm. I don't think you're actually getting all three of those I think the top priority for them is probably going to be cap relief, frankly. Because right now, according to Jeff Siegel of Early Bird Rights, they're about $2.25 million over the luxury tax threshold, which means it should be pretty easy to get under that. They paid the repeater tax last year. They're going to want to get under the tax so they could just get out from repeater territory. And they don't, right. who, they don't want to pay the tax. After you trade Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you are not going to harbor realistic playoff aspirations. Right? Really? Yeah, <laughs> so you're you're not going to want to pay the tax for a team that is probably going to struggle to win 30 to 35 games. Right. That's just how it is. So I think cap relief will be their top priority. And as we assemble some fake trade packages in this episode, keep that in mind. And then whatever combination of picks and prospects they can get is an added bonus. They'll, they'll want at least one of either one, I would assume. I don't think they would just do a straight salary dump for us, but I think that's kind of the the starting point we need to approach this from. Right. I think if push comes to shove, I mean, they're ready to accept uh, just cap relief and nothing else because do they really want to start this year with Russ on, on the team? I think the only reason they might is just because of the timing right now Mm -hmm. and that's probably the last issue we should address before we start going into these teams is because a lot of teams dallas is really the only team with more than 10 million in cap space right now and because any free agent who signed with a team this summer can't be traded until december 15th at the earliest 
that limits the number of teams that are able to make a move for him right now. Any team that signed a guy to a big contract, he can't be flipped right away. So that limits your pool to some extent. Now, some of the teams that have been mentioned as interested in Russ don't have that problem. They can assemble a trade right now because they have the salary flotsam to make it work. But if we're talking about a few teams that might have interest, but just spend a lot of cap space and don't have the salary ballast right now, revisit it mid-December and you might have a wider pool of options from which to choose. But again, at that point, maybe Russ's trade value is lower than it is right now. I think if OKC, it seems motivated to do it right now. Yeah, that's kind of my point. I don't think they want him going in on the roster or be on the roster on opening night. But you're absolutely right. If they wait to mid-December, I think it's the 15th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when, you know, you can trade a lot of these guys signed this summer. You know, obviously, the, the amount of teams will just open up. I mean, yeah. there's there are going to be so many possibilities. The next among, you know, one candidate. <laughs> right. Who do, I mean, look, this is just meant to be on some level. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But if they want him away now, what's funny to me is there are teams out there that can trade for him now, and it's mostly teams that have made horrendous mistakes (laughs) in prior free agency classes because they've just overspent on role players, which says a little little about their situation. I also kind of think when you really look at it, the Charlotte Hornets should be in play here. (laughs) Well, they have so many bad contracts. They do. They do. I mean... Nick Batum? God, can you imagine a team with Russ and Terry Rogier on a $20 million contract? Hey, look, top five pick guaranteed. <laughs> Gross. This show is presented by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com xm. Want extra cash for vacation or to buy something you've always wanted? Transfer your auto loan to Pathways Financial Credit Union and we'll give you 1% cash back up to $1,000. And you can enjoy no payments for three months. Visit a convenient Central Ohio location and let us take care of your auto loan and provide extra cash. Check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit subject to credit approval. Loan interest will continue to accrue during the first three months of no payments. Pathways is federally insured by the NCUA. Okay, so let's start going into these teams. Let's start with the Miami Heat, just because Woj mentioned them in particular as a team with interest and one that would interest Russ as well. Now, I wrote an article about this at Forbes last night, but basically a two-team trade between Miami and OKC is very tricky. Miami is hard-capped since Jimmy Mm -hmm. Butler. They got Jimmy Butler in a sign-and-trade, so they cannot exceed the apron at any point this year. They're less than $1 million away from the apron right now. OKC, as we just said, is going to want salary relief. So Miami would have to send out almost as much, if not more, salary than Russ is. He's earning $38.5 million this year. Miami, because of the hard-cap issues, would need to send out at least, like, almost 38 but they'd probably want to send out more because you're going to have to dump multiple players just because they don't have someone earning you know jimmy butler's at 32.7 their next highest guy is goran Dragic at 19.2 so they're going to have to trade multiple players they'd be really really thin if they didn't send out even more salary so the hard cap issues on miami's end okc wanting to duck the luxury tax so you can't really make a deal work financially that satisfies both of their goals unless you loop in a third team, which right. I think that's I think that's where the conversation needs to start if we're talking about a Miami rust trade here. Yeah, of course, because, I mean, you just said it. Why would uh, the OKC take on more money? Like, right. why would they even accept a, a situation where they don't, you know, just dump a lot of cash via Vestbrook? Like, it just makes sense. Yeah. So getting Dallas involved here, who have how much cap space do they have remaining? They're at about fourteen point six million, I believe, and that's according yeah. to Albert Nabad, who is if you're not following him on Twitter, you should be. Oh great, yeah, yeah. Everyone great cap should. expert. You know, one of the most invaluable guys to follow at this time of year in particular. 
Yeah, uh, and and also always put notifications on for him during like the first ten days of July. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I mean he was <laughs> he was all over. I think he was the first one that I saw with the Lakers thing in particular, where you know everyone was like, "Hey, the timing thing is a big issue, and they're kind of screwed." And then he was like, "Well, actually, if yeah. they get Bonga and Jones and Wagner involved, I'm pretty sure he was the first one on that." And then. Also, with the Brooklyn sign-and-trade stuff, he was all over that as well. So, yes, give him right. a follow. But, yeah, 14. Yeah, he says 14. Million. Yeah, 14.6. So, they could not take Dragic or Johnson. They no. could take Justice Winslow, Kelly Olenek, or Dion Waiters. I think of the three, Kelly Olenek makes the most sense. Just because, A, they were <laughs> rumored to be getting him in the Jimmy Butler sign-and-trade before right. that whole thing fell apart. And, B, they're still pretty light in terms of their front court depth. They have Dwight Powell, they have Boban, and then it gets kind of hairy. Yeah, I get that, but here's the thing. if if It really depends on how interested Miami is in Westbrook here. If they're just all in on him, and they're just wanting to go for it. If you're Dallas, you would want to squeeze the living hell out of that contract, or that, that deal. Oh, for sure. You would want something, you, you don't want to settle for Kelly Olynyk. You you go to them and say you know what we'll we'll take Bam Bam at a bio and we'll take something else that adds up contract wise yeah maybe Dion, like Dion Waiters and Bam at a bio like that's that's what we'll take I I'm I'm pretty sure that's just slightly above what they have available mm-hmm. but they yeah. can you know they can finagle but if I'm Dallas that's my starting point. I'm going to go out and say, if you want Russ, which, you know, LOL, but that's not us doing that. If you want that, if you want Russ, we, uh, you need our help. We want BAM. That's that's the cost of doing business. See, I, I could at least see them going for a draft pick instead of BAM, but here's another Miami doesn't com- have draft picks. Right. There's another complication. Miami already owes an unprotected first, 2021 first to the Clippers. A lottery-protected 2023 first to the Clippers. So the earliest first-round pick they could send out is a conditional 2025 pick. Second-rounders, they have traded almost every single one of their second-round picks through 2026. They got nothing. So you can offer offer a conditional 2025 pick. Or if I'm Dallas, I'm saying, okay— Give us a 2022 pick swap. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm probably preferring at a bio at this point if it comes down to it, but I'll I'll take it. I'm not going to settle for a Linux. Yeah, I mean, at 20 if that if that really is the double draft year. Yeah, yeah. Getting a pick swap in that year. And a Linux is he's good. He's not like yeah. a bad asset. I mean, he's got it looks like a 13.2 million dollar player option next summer that Honestly, I think he probably declines it just because the free agent class is so bad. Someone will pay him next summer more than that. So so I'm going to disagree with you on that because we said the same thing about this summer. And I just had a piece up on Forbes about how NBA teams, for the most part, just nailed 2019 free agency. Yeah, they like, did. But a there lot were of, not a lot of desperation contracts. But a lot I of think, guys still opted out of player Like Valanchunas turning down his, Harrison Barnes turning down his... Yeah, and Valanciunas, in some regards, lost on that. Is at least when you looked at the annual salary. Yeah, like he went down. Well, he went from seventeen point six to fifteen million a year. Yeah, and Barnes Barnes went down slightly too, but they just lost. Yeah, but he in. signed with the he yeah. signed with the Kings though, we, and we agree that that was a bad deal. Who yeah. the hell out there is going to pay for Kelly Linick though? <laughs> Do the Knicks not have a bunch of guys on two year team option deals? Are they not yeah. plotting to have? And apparently. The Timberwolves are flouting around here trying to create max space for next summer. In a year where Why? there's Yeah, in a year where there's no free agents worth giving a max contract to. Timberwolves are flying in with thirty plus million. That's why they didn't match the offer sheet on Tyus Jones last night. And Woj said part of the reason why was because they want max contract space. Yeah, no, that was dumb. Tyus is gonna be so good in Memphis. Memphis is doing a phenomenal job. With their yeah, they, they're they're doing so well. I'm yeah. just I'm flabbergasted. Yeah. But again, I'm I'm just going back to Linux. I I get that he's a stretch shooter. 
mm-hmm. from a big position, like a stretch four, stretch five, seven feet tall, all of that, and he can pass, that's all fine and well. He's not a great defender. Mm-hmm. He is not a great rebounder. He's very limited in his role, right? Like he's yeah. basically a pick and pop player, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like you can now, and you saw the market for bigs this year. Yeah, like backup bigs, five million a year. Almost uh, the 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 few exceptions were players who could play multiple positions and had sort of a perimeter game to them, like Thaddeus Young, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Kelly Olynyk is not going to get more than five million a year when he's an unrestricted free agent. So why would Dallas, in their own right, you know, in their own mind, go, "Hey, let's let's take on Kelly Olynyk and no additional assets"? Like they would, they should want to take Olynyk and go, "Well, we want a lot f- for taking on Olynyk." Yeah, he's I not going to be worth it. Right. They, I don't think they would take him with no additional compensation. I think they would have to get at least a pick swap, if not a prospect from Miami. But I think, right. you know, a, a pick swap seems like a fair price to me. And then the question is, how do you make that work from OKC's side? Because, again... What is, o- sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. what is fair? Like, what is... We've, we've just seen a couple summers now, mm-hmm. or, or one summer, where... You know, Paul George and Anthony Davis got traded for what felt like an ocean of draft picks. Right. Which was which seems out of the norm. Like what is fair anymore? For... What is it like fair compensation generally speaking? I, I think it's such a fluid concept these days in terms yeah. of what trade value is, contract value. I mean, I get what you're trying to say, I totally do. I'm just saying it's this is a situation where Dallas is a necessary I- inclusion. They're well, not going to look at fair. They're going to look at let me find a way to squeeze everything I can out of you for helping you. They aren't necessarily a necessary inclusion because Cleveland's also lurking with that J.R. Smith contract. They right. could offer, you know, if we're talking OKC wants cap relief, Dallas could, or Miami could reroute one of these contracts, whoever it is, Waiters, Olenek, James mm-hmm. Johnson, whoever, send them to Cleveland. Cleveland sends the J.R. Smith contract to OKC. He but he pushed back the guarantee date uh, to July 15th, and now he gets $4.4 million guaranteed instead of 3.9, but he's still owed almost 15.7 this year. So that's $11.3 million. You waive him. You cut out your cap right away. OKC's way under the tax. Mission accomplished on their end. So if Dallas tries to really play hardball, I, I mean, I think if you're Miami and you're really interested in trading for Russ, you're already on the phone with Dallas and Cleveland negotiating against both of them, and you're just trying to tamp down the price. Who who will get involved in this deal for the cheapest price? Right. While you were speaking, we just got a tweet from Shams. Kawhi uh, Leonard has sent his Los An- has signed his Los Angeles Clippers contract, a three year, one hundred and three maximum contract, uh, with a player option in the third season. This was reported as four years initially. Yeah. Now now it's a three-year deal with a player option. Like, he's just signed a two-plus-one deal. Well, that's smart. That gets him him to the 10-year threshold. Right. It's very smart. Huh. That shit just thinks. Good for him. Look, players are owning this league right now. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's those are the issues with Miami. I think it's yeah. just if it's if it happens, it's going to be a three team deal, most likely. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, never say never, but I, I just think to satisfy both Miami and OKC's desires in this trade, you probably have to loop in Dallas or Cleveland. Right, but then again, the, the, I can say the same about Cleveland as I can Dallas. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, both teams would want to squeeze out something good. I. I so where I'm sitting, and I might end up being completely wrong on this, and for Miami's sake, I hope I am wrong on this. I just don't see how Bam at Bio is not moved here. I think he's the price. I would think and then OKC you, I, would want him though. True. If he if he's getting involved in that deal, OKC wants him. Yeah, but then they can't. If they want him, then Miami is. Uh, yeah, then they can push back a little bit. Yeah. Because he's, I, a, big, he's right. a big cost. I mean, he's, yeah, he's one of their biggest trade chips right now. It, he he is their biggest trade chip. Yeah. Like, I, ultimately, I think if Miami does this deal, they have mm-hmm. to give up at least one of Winslow, Hero, Adebayo, 
plus probably a 2022 pick swap. So what is Miami trying to do here? I, <laughs> I don't know. I think they just realized they're stuck. Their whole goal was we want to get two max spots for 2020. All of a sudden they realize the 2020 free agent class sucks. They get Jimmy, who's going to be 30 in September. Mm-hmm. They have Russ. They're there. They can go get Russ. They can maximize their window with Jimmy for a couple of years. And then, but what is a maximized window for them with those players? Right. Second round? Yeah, probably. But I think that's, you know, Pat Riley can go off and retire in the sunset because he, he brought in two stars. Whatever. They, they, I don't see a way to make this a championship team regardless. But at mm-hmm. least that gives you the highest ceiling for two years until they both really start to decline. Yeah. No, I can see that. I, I just I'm already there with the, in terms of the decline for West, Westbrook at least. Yeah. Because he's just such an athletic player who relied on it so much. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have to be completely idiotic to not notice that like if you're an NBA team. Yeah. Oh. Oh, like I mean, where? What's the upside here? You you could hope that things break in your favor somehow. Maybe maybe Russ and Jimmy coexist better than anyone expects. Like I right. I personally hope this happens. Because I just think it would be karmically hilarious if Jimmy Butler forced his way to Miami, left a contender in Philly. Jimmy, I just want to win Butler. Goes to Miami where he thinks he's going to be the number one option, get up all the shots and whatever. And then he has to share the ball with Russell Westbrook for the next four years. It would be just so picture perfect. But, you know, maybe we're underrating this. Maybe those guys would coexist really well. Maybe Winslow or Adebayo, if they keep either one of them, maybe they take a big step forward. Maybe whoever they keep of Kelly Linick or Myers Leonard, maybe they're the perfect stretch five for these guys. Who knows? Maybe this all works, but probably not. Like I, It probably raises, as I said at the top of the show, I think Westbrook raises your floor. Mm-hmm. I think that he, a Butler, Westbrook, Miami Heat team, is effectively a playoff lock if both of those two guys stay healthy. I would not be that worried about them once you get into the playoffs. I Maybe they get in the second round. Maybe they're the third best team in the East somehow. But I don't think they're a real threat to either Philly or Milwaukee. No, and that's really what it comes down to. But fair enough. If they want to go that route, that's, that's fine with me. <laughs> and the same can be said about the Detroit Pistons, who we should talk about next. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go right into the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So, because they, they are the other team that I've seen mentioned most in conjunction with Westbrook. Right. They have Blake Griffin, who I would assume... I know, you know, he had been a rumored target for the Thunder for a while, given his Oklahoma ties. But I assume if you are trading for Westbrook, you want to keep Blake Griffin. I, I think that would be the whole point, right? You did. There's no reason yeah. to trade for Westbrook and then trade your only star away. So right, you, the idea would to you know create some sort of team with Drummond, Griffin, and Westbrook, right? And then right, I guess Dumboya as the third, fourth best player, which is insane. Yeah, I yeah. So I, I mean, they have Reggie Jackson this year is at eighteen point one million. Tony Snell's eleven point four. So that is mm-hmm. slightly less then what you need to send out any team that acquires Westbrook needs to send out at least 30.725 million in salary mm-hmm. if i did my math right so that's basically 1 million less but you throw in 
any of Luke Kennard, Don Maker, Dumboya, whoever. Even Kyrie Thomas, I think, probably does the trick. Um, throwing any of those guys and you hit the salary matching you need. Does that make sense for both sides is the question again. For for Detroit, I don't think they give a damn about giving up Reggie Jackson or Tony Snell. They're fine with that. Yep. OKC gets a little bit of salary relief, um, gets under the tax, and both of those guys, Jackson's a free agent after this year. Snell has a $12.2 million player option in 2020-2021. But again, then it comes down to, great, you have the salary ballast. What else are you giving me? Right. <laughs> Reggie Jackson back to OKC would be hilarious, by the way. Hey, at least he, he could finally have his dream of running. He, you know, he could Jimmy Butler in OKC. He can just run his own team and put up points and put up shots. And are you just 25. forgetting that, that Shy deals with Alexander is there now? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 he, he won't be able to run his own team there. And by the way, he got plenty of chances to run his own team in Detroit. And yeah, yeah I think the results speak for themselves. Well, I mean, he was injured for a good portion of his time in Detroit, unfortunately. And yeah, I but think, even healthy, he was yeah, just so-so. Yeah, when healthy, he's been decent. I mean, it's been a while. Like You know, he played the full 82 this past season and was had was better than he had been for a few years now. Mm-hmm. 2015-16 was definitely the the high water point of the Reggie Jackson experience and yeah. At this point that that ship has probably sailed, but I think that's correct. Yeah. But he probably wants one more chance to put up big numbers and before he hits like he might be one of the best free agents on the market next year. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. But, again, now it goes back to OKC, is one of Kennard, Maker, Dumboya enough, plus the salary relief? Do you need another pick involved uh, there? Well, I mean, look, you know how high I am on, on Seiko Dumboya. I do. I, I mean, if this was a straight Russell Westbrook for, for Dumboya trade, mm-hmm. I would hesitate if I'm Detroit. Mm-hmm. I like Dumboya that much, and I, you know, he's 18 years old. Giving that up for a 31-year-old who is going to be earning $47 million at age 34 and it is going to be you know, more and more untradeable as he ages, mm-hmm. I just don't see the, the upside to that at all. So already there, like throwing in all that plus Doom Boya, no, I'm, if I'm Detroit, I'm not touching that. But you would write that it would probably have to be somewhere along that, like Reggie Jackson, Tony Snell, and Thon Maker. Mm-hmm. Like that one is the interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that enough for OKC? I, just I don't, don't care know. if it's enough for them. That's in <laughs> terms of the trade value. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are you going to get a better offer only if you can get that immediate immediate cap relief? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're the the best option here for OKC. Right? Is if it becomes a bidding war between Miami and Detroit. For sure. Really. Absolutely. Uh, because then they can get, then they can ask for more. Like right now, I think they would settle for cap relief. But mm-hmm. if it comes a bidding war and someone says, well, screw it, we'll throw in, like if Miami throws in a 2022 swap, mm-hmm. or Detroit goes, well, we'll give you an unprotected, you know, some pick in 2026 or whatever, where, you know, Blake Griffin is old and Andre Drummond is probably not a piston anymore, or whatever. Yeah. Like, then it becomes interesting for uh, you know OKC. Is that situation realistic? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would think if I'm OKC here, I would prefer Kennard to Thonmaker just because. Oh, for sure. Kennard, a. I mean, he's got two years left on the rookie deal. Thon is up for restricted free agency next summer. I just right. Think you want as much time to evaluate this guy before you have to make an extension decision. Like, if you trade for Thon, you either have to give him an extension right away or he hits restricted free agency next summer. And I don't think there's going to be a huge market for him, at least based on his production to date. But I would just think you would want more time to evaluate that before you have to make that decision either way. Right, so. but if, they're, if, if you're going from that route, if you're looking at it from OKC's perspective, I mean, you, you should want Dumboya. 
Well, yeah, of course. Right. I mean, right, right. Okay, but, yeah. If if it's between only Kennard and Thonmaker, I think you definitely want. Yeah, gotcha. Kennard in that regard. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah because one is good. <laughs> right, right. That certainly right. helps. Yeah. Let's go through. I've seen the Cleveland Cavaliers mentioned. I really do think it's just because of the J.R. Smith contract. I don't think it makes any sense for them to actually trade for Russell Westbrook. I just think it's them facil- helping facilitate a three-team deal with Miami. But Well, it's the UCLA connection people want to bring back, right? Right, I guess so. Do you think there's any sense in Cleveland actually sniffing around and trying to trade for Russ? No, I, I mean, it's Cleveland, though. They've done some weird things. so Yeah, and they have plenty of salary. I mean, Tristan Thompson's at 18.5, Brandon Knight, 15.6, Jordan Clarkson, 13.4. All of those guys expire after this year. The, the aforementioned J.R. Smith contract, which is immediate cap relief, they could offer, if they're really not sold on this Garland Sexton they could offer one of those guys. I love that you say that they haven't played a minute together. And like, <laughs> yeah, we're already out on it. That right. would be hilarious. Right. Well, maybe yeah. they trade Sexton, and you know, yeah, they they could they have the ability to do this. You could they could easily construct a trade, much more so than with Miami. But yeah, just a question of why would they? Yeah, I I I don't see it. Maybe the whole butts and seats, as you alluded to previously. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's the driving force here. I guess so. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's... I If I'm a Cavaliers fan, I'm not panicking anytime I see the Cavaliers mentioned. I really, really, really do think it is just because of the J.R. Smith contract, and it would be a three-team deal, and you would not be getting Russell Westbrook, but I could be very wrong. I mean, on, on some level, I kind of get it because non-LeBron Cleveland teams... I mean, what's the appeal, really? It's Cleveland. It's not sexy. Mm -hmm. It's the Cavaliers, one of the most bland franchises of all times. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are going to perpetually be a mid-tier team, which without LeBron, they've always been. I mean, yeah, sure, they had some success in the 80s, but that's about it. I mean, they've never really been been there, if you know what I mean. I mean, LeBron took them there, that's it. Yeah. Like, maybe... For them, because they're not a free agent destination in the same sense, that they just need to get some sort of allure to the team. Like, hey, we traded for Russell Westbrook and we had him play with Kevin Love. You all know these players. These are names. These are household names. We can get names. And maybe they try to build up some sort of fan equity in terms of you know brand. Right. And then try to to use that as some sort of stepping stone to becoming a legitimate NBA franchise who can draw free agency contact, yeah, um, or interest free agency interest. That's the only perspective I can see functioning from their side. Otherwise, I agree with you. It just makes no sense. Yeah. Yep. The only other team I could see doing a trade now, the Orlando Magic. They can't trade Vooch or Terrence Ross. At least now, because they right. just re-signed both of those guys. But they still have Aaron Gordon at nineteen point nine million, Evan Fournier at seventeen point two, Markel Fultz at nine point <laughs> seven. And you, you mean you mean the same Markel Fultz that they just recently said we have no idea when he'll play? <laughs> Pray OKC was not paying attention to that. All right. Yeah. Uh, Mo Bamba at five point seven. Even though you're kidding me with these names now. Come on. Well, I mean, they just re-signed. Vooch and Kem Birch. Yeah. Maybe they're... Who knows what they're doing with Bamba. All I'm saying is they have the salary ballast in Garrett, Gordon, and Fournier, and they have some degree of prospects with Fultz and Bamba. I don't think they would include Isaac in this deal. Probably one of Fultz or Bamba is the, the answer here. They shouldn't even include Aaron Gordon or Bamba. Like, if at most Fournier, right? Like well, this just is... to make the money work. I guess yeah, they could I, probably do Fournier, know, but... Fultz, and... It would have to be Fournier, Fultz, and Bamba, probably? Or DJ Oh, Augustine. God, no. Come on. No. Why would... Ugh, because it's Orlando. I get it. Yeah. Like, they they might be desperate enough. Okay, if that's right. the package being offered... Like, that's the one package where, okay, so you should be 
going, yep, done. No backsies. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the tricky thing, again, with the salary matching is just finding a trade that, like, Gordon, Fultz, and Bamba would, it would cut some salary for OKC, I believe, at least a little bit. Yeah, that that would do it. It's just, that, yeah. that that's a lot to give up for Russ. Of course. But maybe that's really the, the, the key thing we should take away from this is Russell Westbrook's trade value is just so damn tricky. Because yeah. for some teams looking for relevancy, it yeah. might be higher than in terms of what his on-court production projects as. Yeah. Like, yeah. for some teams, it'll just he'll have negative trade value. They'll look at his contract and his age and his declining game and go, nope, I wouldn't even give you know a second rounder for him. And some would be like, oh, it's a name. He can he can bring us back to relevancy. Our name is the Orlando Matching. We haven't had a point guard since 1978 when we didn't even exist, mm-hmm. um, basically. So if I'm OKC, I'm looking towards those teams who are just completely lost in terms of identity and right. culture right. and all of that. And I'm going, hey, you guys, here's Russell Westbrook. He's a very known commodity. He's going to... You know, sell a lot of tickets, and you want him because he's like a multiple-time All Star, yeah, former MVP. You can you can you can sell him off as that. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, speaking of teams that are lost in culture, let's go into a couple that can't pull off a deal now, but could if you know if, if for whatever reason OKC goes into the season with Russ, they don't like any of the packages being offered now, right? They, you know, they want to sniff around once all these free agents become available after December 15th. The first call I'm making is Phoenix. Yeah. Yep. Phoenix makes sense. I, I, I want to add, though, I think the Orlando Magic should be in on that list instead. In the the midseason trade? Yeah. So they could include one of Ross or Vooch instead? Yeah. Ross specifically was yeah. the guy I had in mind. Yeah. yeah. But, but, okay, Phoenix. So, they just gave fifty-one million to Ricky Rubio over three years, which is, oh boy, that's that's quite a gamble. They Tyler did. Johnson is earning like nineteen point something. Nineteen point two. Yep. Yeah, I mean that was that was always not great. Ubre yep. is coming up. They they are just they need that point guard, arguably because they, they have Rondo, but I wonder if Rondo is the right player for that system it's up tempo it's it's multiple shooters it's like they want to still run and gun and i don't know if rubio is that type of player mm-hmm. and again they need something right they're kind of like in the same you know situation as orlando they don't have an identity right like they've tried to build a culture up around devin booker who's like getting more and more impatient every single summer yeah i mean they've missed the playoffs nine years running i believe yeah, I think it's something around there. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're desperate enough, but look, this is this is my point again. Maybe they're desperate enough. That's that's how we're looking at this situation, Brian. Yeah, I think you have to. I don't think. I mean, yes, Houston has been rumored because they're rumored with every big star ever. But I don't think Russell Westbrook makes sense for a grand majority of contenders to target. For the I don't reasons. think he makes sense for any contender. Yeah, for the reasons we laid out at the very start of the episode. The age, the contract, and the fact that he wants to be the alpha. Right. And he also doesn't make sense for any team currently going through a rebuilding process because he's 30, He's going to be 31 and earning $170 million. What does that leave you with? All the, all the teams that we've talked about so far, Miami, Detroit, Cleveland, Orlando, now Phoenix, mid-teams. Like, again... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phoenix is like rebuilding. You could argue the same about Cleveland, although you know when when Kevin Love is healthy and all that, maybe they're you know a little bit better than that. But these are just these are teams that have no direction or are stuck in the middle. Like these are the teams the Russ can go to, right? Well, because which is really not very inspiring when you look at it. Today's show was brought to you by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great. Thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. 
But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP experience management, and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings, and I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Phoenix in particular seems to be under the impression that they aren't just going to suck forever. And I mean, at this point, there is no reason to believe that. Look at the series of moves they've made this summer. They've actively taken a step backward when they should be like a salary dumping TJ Warren and the number 32 pick was just so outrageously bad. We need to mention it every episode between now and june 30th just to remind you of just how dumb that was getting rid of de'anthony melton just to get away from josh jackson who drafted number four two years ago i understand josh jackson they were out on him as i think frankly they should be still giving up a good prospect in melton just to get out of him is terrible it's just i mean so yes there i think phoenix is now at the point where they realize we suck. We're just not going to... We suck at team building. We suck at drafting. We suck at free agency. We you know, we have to overpay anyone to even consider coming here. We don't have a way out of this thing. Devin Booker is going to get pissed soon. If he hasn't already, he's going to request a trade soon because he realizes, yeah, he can keep putting up 25 points a game on a team that wins 25 games a year, but he's going to want more than that soon and sure maybe booker and Dayton turn out well maybe they somehow lift this franchise but what in the past few years suggests that phoenix is capable even if those two guys are single-handedly great right the rest of the team just based on the owner and the front office they're going to short circuit it at some point so yeah, are I, you telling me the team that chose not to draft Luka Doncic won despite having a Slovenian coach, <laughs> who they had for one year and then fired, and is letting James Jones run the entire front office despite having virtually no experience in that field is is out of their their depth, Brian? Uh, I'm saying they sound like a perfect Russell Westbrook trade destination for yeah. all of the reasons you just mentioned. <laughs> And the other one that comes to mind is, of course, the New York Knicks. Yay, I was waiting for this one. It's just, look, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Just take the league's worst run franchise (laughs) over the past 20 years and plug in one of the most overrated players the league has had also over the past 20 years with the gigantic contract of $170 who's only big in name these days, and stats, because that matters, apparently. And then you just sell him on the entire Knicks, or try to sell him on the entire Knicks fan base, who are going to basically commit mass suicide after the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it sounds like it's going to happen in that sense. Like, it seems <laughs> inevitable for Russell Westbrook to end up in Nick. I mean, they just signed everyone to a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson. Seems like Reggie Bullock, their deal is being reworked because they're reevaluating his fitness to play a full season, according to Woj. Yep. But and then they got Marcus Morris instead. That I sound. I don't know if that, is that official or is it? Last I saw, oh, he was no. just considering. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But if if so, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have enough power forwards. Right. Oh God, that's so. What? Let me let me just go through them, right? So Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris, Kevin Knox is more of a four than a three, anyway. Yep. Jeez. Yep. Really good team building from the Knicks. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They. Ha- I mean, they have a bunch of these guys on two-year deal with second-year team options. So plenty yep. of salary, so long-term salary relief for OKC. 
I don't think well, they're giving up R.J. Barrett in the deal, but they have Frankie Smokes, who they seem very out on. They yeah. could offer Dennis Smith. They could offer Kevin Knox. They could offer Alonzo Trier. A bunch of somewhat intriguing young guys. There, there are pieces to make this deal work. I love it. It has to happen. I mean, with all those power forwards, you're gonna need a two-time assist champ of the, you know, true, passing them the ball. Yeah. Unless you just want to play five power forwards together, which they very yeah. well might, based they on might. how they've gone about this off season. You know what's really sad though? Of all the power forwards that they acquired. Russell Westbrook would be a better rebounder than all of them. <laughs> that might be true. That genuinely might be true. I mean, I just think going from... If James Dolan in March goes on the radio and says, from everything we hear, we're going to have a big summer with free agents. And then you fast forward to December 15th, and you look at this next roster, and then they trade some of these guys away for Russell Westbrook. That's just going to be the biggest come down. For Knicks fans in the span of a year, probably since they thought they were getting Zion and then yeah. had to settle for RJ Barrett. But are you gonna tell me that the Knicks can't spin Westbrook, Randall, and RJ Barrett into a marketable product? Oh, of really? course they will. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'll be the best thirty-two win team you can watch in New York. Oh, but uh, look, this is just a long way of us saying Russell Westbrook is a really complicated contract and and yeah. player and dude and personality and whatever trade is going to take place because he is going to get traded, I think. I, yes. I don't think he's going yes. to end up on OKC at the start of the season. I just I, I can't agree. imagine. So I agree. It's just such a weird I mean, the entire situation is just so weird. Like, here's a guy who won the MVP award two years ago. Yep. Like, he was the league MVP. And and even then, even though he's taken only a few steps down in his production, like, it's mostly been efficiency and, like, his physicality has gone down. Mm-hmm. Like, we all knew, even then, two years ago, that, you know, th- this is a very complicated and special player that doesn't fit in everywhere. Like, he's not someone you just plug and play. Like, he plugs and plays himself in the own way that he wants to play, and every, everyone has to get with that program. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like, no. I I just don't in any way see a trade where he ends up somewhere and he makes that team dramatically better. Yeah. I just don't. Like, yeah, he might take a bad team to become a middling team, which is better, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get it all the way. I mean... It, since Durant left, OKC has been a first-round exit team, right? Yeah, they've won, I think, three playoff games in total. Okay, so for a guy who's, for many play, many people out there, uh, looked at as being the best point guard in the, in the in the league, and some are saying best player in the game because hashtag triple doubles, right? Right. You should win more than three playoff games in three years. Yeah. Oh no. Sorry. Four playoff games in three years. Oh, I see. That right. makes a ton of difference. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I. I just think it's time for everyone to come on home and just acknowledge. You know, his career is always going to be one of those weird ones that we talk about for the next twenty years without having the ability to properly describe or ga- you know grasp what the hell kind of player he really was. Yeah. Like he's always going to be an outliner player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. But, yeah, there's there's always going to be... I think what he ends up getting traded for is going to be eye-opening. It's just the best way I can say it. Because I just don't think you're getting anywhere near... Not even what... I mean, Anthony Davis and Paul George were on a tier of their own. I don't think you get what the Bulls did for Jimmy Butler. No. Nope. I, I don't even know if you get... Uh, you definitely don't get what the Clippers got for Tobias Harris. Yeah. No, like, I agree. A, a I, good prospect at two first-round picks? No way. I don't necessarily think you're even going to get what Minnesota got for Jimmy Butler. Yeah. That's probably in the... We're, like, approaching that territory right. in terms of a reasonable request. But, yeah, I think it really is... Cap relief is going to be the biggest selling point and then 
whatever pick or prospect you can get, great. But you're going to just have to, if you're an OKC fan, you just have to view this move in conjunction with the Paul George trade because you got so much more for him than you should have that if you get less for Westbrook than you should from just a pure talent standpoint, right? that's fine because the age and the contract do hurt his trade value. If you disregard contract, mm-hmm. what team? Like, just ignore contracts altogether. Which team out of the 29 other ones out there do you look at and go, oh, he would be a positive addition to that team? <laughs> like, he would he would take that team to the next level. Um, the fact that you even have to think about it. Yeah, I would say, yeah there, are, there are teams out there, I'm sure. Like, yeah. It would be a team that doesn't have a strong point guard in place, which I think mm-hmm. part of the issue is a lot of teams do. But, like, the Wizards would happily if disregard contract. The Wizards would openly welcome Russell Westbrook. Uh, the Timberwolves probably would. Would it make Washington better to have the, bun, the ball run through Westbrook instead of Beal? I, I mean, I think just having a... NBA, another NBA caliber player in Washington would make them better, yes? Yeah, okay. I think the Wizards are at such a talent deficit right now with Wall out that, yeah, they're, they're, they should be, if you're not counting contract, they should just be in talent accumulation mode. The Timberwolves would take them. I don't know that he makes them significantly better in terms of their playoff competitiveness, but... I mean, he's better than Jeff Teague, obviously. Yeah, right, of course. But does he make them a real threat in the west no yeah yeah there there aren't many teams where i i really do think as you said i i'm with you that i think he gets traded this summer and i think the pistons and the heat really do make the most sense it would yeah. I, I i one of those two teams maybe the magic come in as a dark horse but i think one of those two teams really you can talk yourself into it just because of how stuck they are otherwise right I mean, for the Pistons, it just seems like one of those let's get crazy kind of moves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm looking at this whole league, right? I'm looking at a list of all the teams in the league, and I'm struggling to, to find a place where it just, like, it makes sense yeah. to have a very, very ball-dominant non-shooting point guard. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard to find. Yeah. So we will stay tuned, obviously, when a, if or when a trade does happen, we will get together as quickly as possible and react to it. Otherwise, we will talk about Summer League soon, and we have a couple uh, more evergreen ideas now that we're heading out of the big newsy period. We're going to kind of start to sort through the wreckage that this past week has left so stay tuned we got a lot of good stuff coming up you can follow us on twitter at the nba pod in our bio you can find our twitter handles so give us a follow as well you can also find us on itunes and wherever else podcasts are found on itunes please subscribe download leave some five star reviews and we are now being hosted by spreaker so check them out on twitter at spreaker until next time i'm brian taporic and i was joined as always by morton jensen have a good one mort you too, Brian. Uh, I look forward to you know some of the weird episodes that we plan for like August, oh, where yeah. the week is going into to the death months. So for all of you out there who are you know getting over free agency and are trying to look ahead to the summer, don't worry, we'll be in your ear. And also thank you all to everyone for for the support. Uh, we have had some some really uh, we, we've been surprised, Brian and I. We started to look at at our numbers and and. You know, you guys have really been there, and that's that's awesome. So thank you for the support. Uh, you guys are awesome. Indeed. And, yeah, we'll, we'll keep hitting you with good stuff throughout the summer. We got the World Cup coming up, too. So yeah, plenty, boy. plenty of basketball ahead in our futures. Let All me right. tell you something. If France doesn't put Theo Maladin and Killian Hayes, who are both, like, 17, 18 years old, if they don't put them on the roster, I'm going to be really upset because that would be such a great way to see what they are. Because they're going to be in the draft next year. See, really looking forward to the World Cup. There we go. We, we got some World Cup hot takes coming your way. Get pumped.
<laughs> Talk to you later, Beth. Later. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants.